This video is brought to you by absolutely nobody. Tango Gameworks exclusive to PS5 and PC, Tokyo Ghostwire is almost upon us. Check out the preview I did earlier if you're interested, and this is the review. While Tango is known for its Evil Within titles, Ghostwire dropped the survival horror and goes with action horror this time. Ghostwire Tokyo stars you as a young man caught within the city of Tokyo that's now overrun with ghosts, and your job is to collect spirits both good and bad, and then store them in a ghost facility. And yes, a Japanese Ghostbusters game would be amazing. Until you realize you spend Ghostwire Tokyo playing, you know, as just the car almost the entire time. Also remember, Tiny Tina Review is upcoming as well as Weird West later this month. If you get a chance, subscribe to a YouTuber you like out there. Kyle Hill is one of my favorite. He's an amazing science-based YouTuber, but he also loves video games and tries to get that into his videos. It's phenomenal. You should check him out. Hit subscribe on his channel or hit subscribe on this one. Or join the Patreon, join the Discord, join the Reddit, join the conversation about these games. And I love to hear what you guys think and especially the complex thoughts about these games and what works and what doesn't work for you. Put them in the comments, and if they're good, we'll talk about it during the podcast. First, on the PlayStation 5 console, let me say something. I love the options here for graphics. Performance or performance high frame rate, though, V-Synced are the options you are going to want to choose. Every single one of the quality options is terrible. It's laggy in control as well as FPS with a very heavy 30 FPS limit to this title. The non-V-Synced high frame rate options have insane screen tearing. It's nasty. Those are not the options you want to use. Now, I love that there are this many options in the game, and we do know that at some point in the future, we're going to get everybody having the ability to use some kind of variable refresh rate on their PlayStation 5s. But at this point, those are not the options you want to use. Now, once you've chosen one of the three good options, you're off. In some places, the realism for the city is incredible. Moving through the apartments, looking at the various bulletin boards, and just exploring the location. The city isn't small. As I said in the preview, sometimes it feels almost a little too big. As you continue to progress and unlock the spirit gates, it just gets larger and larger and larger. Dynamic weather is it. Well, actually, dynamic weather is really not in. It's just rain or no rain. It always lends a heavy, depressive feel to everything, though, and I think that works. It's a somberness that you can feel regardless if you're hanging out in an abandoned schoolyard, waiting for ghosts to show up for some kind of confab, or you're leaping across the rooftops. But really, the height of realism in this game is the first time you come to a cat vendor who makes you stare his balls as he tries to sell you some sushi. Actually, I would have loved that, testicular mega textures, but that's one of the problems with this game. It never takes advantage of the PlayStation platform in any way. While you sometimes fast travel, many times it's not actually needed, and when you do, it's a pretty quick load, but for the rest of the time, you're just walking around this world, palm striking the same four ghost models that fill up your spirit gauge, random table fans, garbage bins, etc. This is one of the places where the game actually really does start to feel too big for its britches, where the repetitiveness of everything that's left within the world that you interact with is the same couple things. Even the battles, the enemies, whether they're bosses or the basic characters you fight, never really do that much. And their design, while a bit creepy, also lends itself to a huge amount of cribbing and originality takes a hit in those parts. From kids in yellow raincoats and umbrellas like Stephen King's It, no clowns though, or creepy schoolgirls missing their heads and doing cartwheels and then jump kicking you, or Slendermen, yes men, dudes with business suits and umbrellas being used to block the shots back at you. Ghostwire never really gets off the ground graphically. Even when the cutscenes show up, the game seems lodged almost halfway in a land between something interesting and something borrowed. There's some stunning moments like a chase where the world inside of a building is like that game Control. 
but in real time, an Escher-like environment that you're consistently looking around and seeing these little peeps, these little moments where you can see something a little bit farther away. And as you get to it, the geometry translates, transforms, and just moves around you morphing. That was great. It's just there's such a long distance between those points. You can tell a lot of love was put into this game, but you know what? I put a lot of love into a painting of a duck one time when I was a kid and it still looked like a pond had grown a feathered penis. Let's talk about audio for a bit. Go after him. This is not bad. You can hear some of the samples here and there. The game uses audio to inform you of things like the creatures that you can tether onto, the barking of a dog to inform you of some kind of treasure nearby, or the solitary ghostly ringing of a telephone across an empty plaza. Those are where the game really has some highlights in its audio. Occlusion, reverb, multi-different effects on all of the impact sounds. Sadly, other than volume levels, the game on this platform doesn't have any real settings inside of it for kind of sourcing. So you will have to do that in your PS5. Also, the voice work. This is just hit and miss. That might be because the game splits between two characters. It might also be because they don't quite know if they want this to be horror or just action. There's a protagonist you really never care about and his soul riding passenger who knows more than he does about what's going on. I liked exploring and hearing some of the ghosts and the spirit one-liners explaining what they were doing when the world was falling apart. But that kind of repetition that I talked about before makes it fall apart. Even one of the main antagonists who shows up doesn't really deliver any emotional points to make you care. In fact, his entire delivery lands with a dull thud. The music, on the other hand, a little bit better, more enjoyable, haunting, somber, it's creepy, and then boils up during the battles at times and then fades back. It's not exactly noteworthy in its difference from other titles or excellence above them, but instead it adds to the feeling of tenseness within the game itself, which it does well enough. And there are some tense moments. The gameplay itself and the story starts out with you as the main character basically getting spirit jumped pretty quickly by the soul of a mysterious man who sort of knows what's going on in Tokyo, which has seen most of the people go missing and only remnants of their ghost spirits remaining. You move through the city, exploring, helping out spirits, cleansing the spirit gates, which have been corrupted so that the locations are safe again and not filled with enemies, all the while trying to find your own family member. The biggest issue with Ghostwire is it has a huge identity crisis. Sometimes it's a walking simulator and a pretty good one. You could argue one that does more in action, which is something that as a fan of walking simulators, I've actually asked for before, and that part's not gonna be without its fans. Then it's a platformer that has the walking simulator style movement really unchained, which means while you do gain movement abilities like glide ghost squirrel gliding from building to building, it still controls in the same way as a walking simulator core does. And then the game becomes a shooter. And that's when, honestly, it starts to fall apart. Originally enticing and somewhat interesting, the game just never gets off its feet with a combat. You have a number of spirit powers that you learn, elemental abilities, wind, fire, and others, as well as talismans that you collect can also be used against spirits, like freezing them in place or creating a bush in a spot so you can sneak by the enemy, 
breaking his or her line of sight. You can also get spirit beads that you can put on that will augment some of those abilities. Here's the issue though. No matter how powerful you are or how cool the spells are, it still moves like a bag of body parts with a joystick on it. You can adjust the controls, and I suggest you do, as the game has horrendously powerful gamepad acceleration on. But dialing it in actually never really works perfect. For sure you can go in, you can adjust the settings, that's because the gamepad just never feels right, like I said. It never gets off the ground. Even when you're casting those magic user gang signs with flexible flying fingers as you're trying to take out three enemies and then spirit grab their cores to heal yourself and ban them forever, it should be more fun. All the time you're playing this, you're thinking it should control better than this. It should be more fun than this. It should be more suspenseful than this. And it never gets that way, even when you turn the difficulty up. It's almost like having three leaders in a group. That group's going to fail. You have three games fighting so hard to be one that it hurts. Just take this into account for a second. The game has a huge amount of healing items, mostly foods with various percentages and amounts. But even on hard, most of those aren't going to matter too much. But it feels like someone at some point in the development said, hey, let's make this an RPG. So now you not only have that, but you have tons of clothing options that you never really see unless you're in one of the core rare cutscenes. The skills in the game also run right in the middle ground. They add projectiles to spells, which is awesome. They add huge amounts to the time that enemies will be down or be available for you to pull their core out and heal yourself. That's also cool. And on harder difficulties, it's going to matter more. But then the game also has you collecting totally different material to unlock another smaller subsection of those same skills, like power modifiers, which just doesn't pay off in any way. It feels like there's an odd add-in, and you can't really figure it out. It's just there to make you walk around more. And even if you're enjoying those parts, the game does like to remove your powers from time to time as the main character stops driving the story and you around and leaps out or is removed. You know what's cool about a car that you aren't in? Not much. And that's exactly how you're going to feel. Every time KK, the character that's inside of you, leaps out of the character's body, you have these talismans you can use and a random compound bow. You then have to move around these small sections in stealth to get your spirit back. But the feedback for gameplay and stealth is also not that good. And even some of the attempts they make to sort of change this up, especially around the end, as you sort of got all these powers, it just doesn't pay off. And when the insight is there, sometimes it's easy to make a mistake because you aren't really required to pay a lot of attention. Overall, I had no actual issues running the game. No console crashes, no problems there, and the game autosaves. You can also adjust that autosave from 5 minutes up to 10, 15 minutes, as well as save manually, which I really liked. But these two major issues always came up. The first, the control and movement is just stilted. It's never free enough to feel good fighting or leaping around. The second is that the story is incredibly bland. And for a horror game, it's never even scary. Even when it's trying, even when the audio is working well to offer atmosphere and the setting of being inside of someone's decrepit hoarder home is there, then somebody shows up and they just sort of intone what's occurring. Worse yet, to get any of the interesting bits, the game is consistently dripping out other small elements of data or information to you, and they repeat a lot. This game is really that digital form of your friend who's always telling you about the party you had last weekend, and you never have the heart to tell them that for the last five weekends, you guys hung out. But hanging out with your friends can be fun, and that's what we're talking about, fun factor. Whatever this game is going about, there's echoes, faint remnants of all of the development here and the fighting that obviously must have occurred internally. And I don't mean fist fighting or yelling. I just mean that battle and tension to decide what the game is going to be. We can see that it's reflected most of the time. The ghosts just aren't that scary or interesting to save. 
It's not terrible, it's just bland. I like parts of the world and I can't lie, exploring the city wasn't bad at all. I liked moving around the various different apartments and hearing the different things that the ghosts said about what was going on in the world just as they left. But then, when you start getting later in the game and you open up the map and it is a map mess of icons, something I've talked about during the Mad Max reviews as well as some of the podcasts, that is when you sit it, you look, and you realize that almost all of those icons are basically just a single button or holding another button once you do arrive to them. And even when you start getting vendor jobs and you think, hey, I can do this, I can find this item for this character, you realize that's really all it is. Go find an item, get paid for that item, and that's it. And that's nowhere near the substantial ability to move around the game world and interact with it that we really want in a title like this, especially in a world that when you look at it, you're like, this could be pretty cool. So as you guys know, I rate games on a buy, wait for a sale, rent, or never touch it again rating scale. I like walking simulators. I always wish for a bit more from them as well, but Ghostwire pushes it so far that it pulls the problems forward from that kind of game into the action moments. And then it pulls the action problems and the movement problems into the platforming moments and then pulls all those problems together and sort of forgets that they're problems in weird ways, tries to treat them like strengths. I would say this is a wait for a deep, deep sale. It is very bland, not bad, just not at all something that I ever really thought about when I was playing or will probably think about again. So anyway, that's it for me. I hope you guys like these reviews. If you do, give it a thumbs up. If you don't, give it a thumbs down. Of course, jump into the comments, argue about what you think of the game because that's what matters in this world is arguing about who thinks what about a game. But it is interesting to see this title coming out because of course it's a PlayStation exclusive though the company was bought by Microsoft. So this will be one of those titles that I think people will discuss and argue about for quite some time. I hope all you guys have an awesome week. Join the patron, join the Discord, join the Reddit, engage in the conversation. Peace out.